1: welcome to the Supermax Inc. First Quarter 2021 Results Conference Call. At this time, note that all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. And if at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. Also be reminded that this call is being recorded on Thursday, May 13th, 2021. And I would like to turn the call over to Danielle St-Marie. Please go ahead.
0: Thank you, Sylvie. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Danielle St-Marie. I'm an independent advisor and act as an investor relations capacity for SupremeX. With us today is Stuart Emerson, President and CEO, and Stephen Perrault, Corporate Controller. I would like to welcome you to today's conference call to discuss our financial and operational results for the first quarter ended March 31, 2021, which were released earlier today. This call will be held in English. J'aimerais vous rappeler que cet appel sera tenu en anglais. For a more detailed analysis of our results, please see our financial statements, our management discussion analysis, analysis and our press release disclosed earlier this morning and available on the company's website and on SEDAR. In addition, we posted a presentation supporting this conference call, which is available through the webcast and on our website. I would like to remind listeners that this, this conference call contains forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable Canadian securities laws, and I refer the audience to the forward- looking statement as detailed in the presentation supporting this conference call. Furthermore, risks and uncertainties are discussed throughout the AIF dated March 31, 2021, under the risk factors heading and updated in our latest MD&A. Unless unless stated otherwise, all figures are expressed in Canadian dollars. During this call and on the accompanying presentation, we use various non-IFRS measures, including adjusted EBITDA. These terms are also defined in our MD&A. With these formalities out of the way, I would like to turn the call over to Stuart Emerson, President and CEO at Supremex, to review this period's key operational highlights.
2: Stuart. Thank you, Danielle, and welcome everyone. Despite the obvious challenges, the company had a robust 2020, entered 2021 in a strong position and proceeded to continue to build on that in Q1 with both revenue and profitability growth driven by our diversification strategy. The pandemic continues to affect portion of our customer base. However, with the geographic and product diversification, combined with the implementation of our cost optimization plan initiated at the end of 2020, we experienced some of our best results in years. Clearly, we would never be able to achieve this without our dedicated teams, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank them for once again standing up for the challenge and allowing us to successfully navigate this unprecedented situation. As always, our priority remains to safeguard the health and well-being of our employees and our communities while we service our customers and execute our growth and profitability plan. First quarter results continue to show the benefits of the three-pronged strategy. The first element of that strategy is to effectively manage the Canadian envelope business and extend our runway as far as possible. The acquisition of Royal Envelope has proven to be highly accretive and has allowed us to mitigate the effects of secular decline and the continued effects of lower demand for non-essential mail during the ongoing pandemic. Furthermore, the integration has allowed us to drive operational and cost synergies on the Canadian envelope platform and freed up needed capacity for continued US growth. (coughs)
3: Excuse
2: me. Second, our US envelope operations continue to do well and gain critical market share. We experienced a small volume decline in, in the quarter primarily from difficult comparables in the first quarter of last year when a couple of key statement mailers built inventory as part of their business continuity plans in the wake of the onset of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. The U.S. operations are becoming increasingly proficient at using their local manufacturing capabilities while simultaneously securing high-volume orders to fill available c- Canadian capacity created by efficiencies and secular decline. In spite of this, the effects of the stronger Canadian dollar and residual softness in the envelope market in general, I remain confident in our envelope strategy. And finally, our packaging and specialty products activities continue to grow primarily on the strength of our e-commerce offering with both new and recurring volume, but also from the recent acquisition of Vista Communication Graphics and from ongoing and steady improvements in our folding carton operations. The latter's desirable pharmaceutical channel is doing extremely well, compensating for lower demand from certain consumer goods, products, customers, primarily in health and beauty. The commitment to the growth and diversification strategy is also allowing us to generate higher margins. In the first quarter of 2021, quarter-over-quarter profitability was driven by our Canadian envelope operations, which benefited from the synergies resulting from the Royal Acquisition and the recently implemented cost optimization plan followed by contributions from our growing e-commerce packaging offering and the aforementioned strong performance in Fold and Carton. While it affects U.S. competitiveness and profitability, the strong Canadian dollar provides a benefit in all Canadian operations. Additionally, the support of the Qs, which came in at $0.6 million in Q1 2021, and the cost control measures quickly implemented in Q1 2020 and maintained through today, also contributed to these strong results. In aggregate, we believe we significantly extended the runway on the envelope platform, thereby protecting its earning power and cash flow generation capacity, while we methodically build out the packaging activities to capitalize on changing customer behaviors, both with e-commerce and in the transition away from single-use plastic packaging. To date, our business model has proven to be resilient through the pandemic, and our agility has been demonstrated by Steady profitability improvements as we navigate this situation. On the capital allocation front, with the ongoing threat of the pandemic, we continue to pursue a conservative approach and maintain the suspension of our quarterly dividend. We have chosen to focus on our NCIB repurchasing 221,900 shares for total consideration of $473,887, and further keeping the net debt at the same level of $53.7 million despite the $2.7 million used to acquire VISTA during the quarter. Looking ahead, I expect the envelope to remain soft for the next few quarters. However, I believe we will continue to make good progress in the U.S. with volumes trending higher, similar to what we've seen in the past few quarters, finally on the envelope front we continue to focus efforts on further improving operational efficiencies and leveraging our strong position in the envelope platform. Summarizing the packaging business, the Vista integration is going very well and we are awaiting the arrival of the new equipment that much needed capacity in the local market for e-commerce growth. While the e-commerce offering still has a long sales cycle, our pipeline is strong and prospect conversion will definitely be aided with the new capacity in Indianapolis. Folding Carton is performing well, and we are encouraged by both the addition of some key resources and by ongoing and recurring volume. I'd like to now turn the call over to Stephen Perot, our corporate controller, for a review of our financial results. Stephen.
4: Thank you, Stuart. Good morning, everyone. Total revenue for the first quarter of 2021 was up 2.3% to $53.6 million. Revenue from the envelope segment was down 2.3%, or $0.8 million, to $38.3 million. Canadian envelope revenue remained stable at $26.2 million. Volume increased by 1.3% from the acquisition of Royal Envelope in February 2020, which compensated for the effect of the secular decline on the company's legacy envelope sales and from the continued effect of the COVID-19 pandemic. On non-essential envelope demand average selling prices were down were lowered by 1.5 percent from last year's comparable period primarily resulting from the changes in the envelope mix sold revenue from the US envelope market decreased by 6.5 percent or 0.8 million dollars to 12.1 million dollars the volume of units sold decreased by 1.4 percent while average selling prices decreased by by 5.2%, mainly due to a negative foreign exchange translation effect of 6%. Packaging and specialty products segment revenue grew by 15.6%, or $2 million, to $15.3 million, primarily from new e-commerce customers onboarded in 2020. Grown growth within the existing accounts The contribution of the acquisition of Vista concluded on March 8, 2021, and higher folding carton sales from a pharmaceutical customer. First-quarter EBITDA increased by 22.1% to $9.4 million, to $9.4 million from $7.7 million. Adjusted EBITDA grew by 14.5% to $9.5 million, resulting primarily from higher packaging and specialty product sales. Operational efficiencies derived from cost optimizations, improvements in folding cart manufacturing activities, and from the support of Qs. Adjusted EBITDA margins increased to 17.8% of revenue compared to 15.9% in the equivalent quarter of 2020. Excluding the contribution of Qs, adjusted EBITDA margins stood at 16.7% of revenue, in the first quarter of 2021. Envelope segment adjusted EBITDA was up 5% $7.3 million. The operating profitability of Canadian envelope operations improved with the acquisition of Royal Envelope in February 2020, which in addition to higher sales volume, provided synergies in production efficiencies and procure- procurement. On a percentage of segmented revenue, adjusted EBITDA from the envelope segment was 19.1%, up from 17.7% in the equivalent period of 2020. Packaging and specialty product segment adjusted EBITDA grew by 88.6% to $2.5 million, primarily from higher e-commerce sales and efficiency, efficiency gains in the folding carton division. Adjusted EBITDA margins from the packaging and specialty operations increased to 16.1 percent compared to 9.9 percent in the equivalent quarter of 2020. The balance of the variation of the variance is primarily from an unfavorable foreign exchange variance in the first quarter of 2021 compared to the equivalent quarter of 2020, which was partially offset by the contribution of the cubes. Q1 2021 net earnings were $4.1 million, or $0.15 per share, compared with $2.6 million, or $0.09 per share, for the equivalent period of 2020. Adjusted net earnings were $4.2 million, or $0.15 per share, compared to $3.1 million, or $0.11 per share during the first quarter of 2020. Cash flows related to operating activities decreased to $4.5 million from a negative net change in working capital adjustments. I would now like to turn the call over to analysts for questions. Operator?
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchdown phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And if you would like to withdraw your question, please press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, we ask that you please lift the handset first. Please go ahead and press star one now if you have any questions. And your first question will be from Neil Linsdale (laughs) at AI Capital. I'm sorry, IA Capital. Please go ahead.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Neil. Um, So can we just start talking about the uh, envelope segment? Uh, so you, you've had your acquisition last year. We've now, I think, lapped all that growth. What should we be looking at now uh, with um, the growth expectations? Are we going more into the normal secular decline, or has the, envi- or, or the last year kind of changed the dynamics from your, uh, 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 from your distribution partners or your customers? Great question, Neil.
2: And I wish i had a concrete answer for you i have my my view on it um the the great question the the big question is you know how much of the decline has been structural and how much of it is secular uh i'm very thankful that um we we think the market is down about 12 percent uh from its starting point last year and uh the canadian envelope market i'm talking about and um Mm -hmm. And how much of that is structural versus how much of it is um, related to the pandemic? Uh, we've definitely seen a drop off in sort of call it non-essential mail or uh, small order uh, mail and direct mail, obviously, um, which we expect to rebound when we kind of come out of COVID, which you know is anybody's guess as to when two, three, two, four. the the question is on the larger volumes uh, how much of it is is structural versus secular so don't have a real good handle on it uh, but we expect some of it to bounce back whether it gets back to sort of traditional secular decline um, we don't know the good news is we have the U.S. platform and the U.S. um, sales team I actually addressed the U.S. sales meeting this morning um, they're revved up. They're making good progress in the U.S. Uh, we've added a couple of resources. They know their mandate, which is to uh, increase volume into the Canadian plants while keeping their local plants full as well. Um, but that's a long answer to a short question, but the reality is, you know, we're off 12% on the Canadian side. We're making good headway in the U.S. We think we're going to be able to keep the Canadian plants at um, at high operating levels.
3: Okay. And for you know, I'm thinking about Q2 specifically because this would be lapping where we probably saw a lot of destocking at your at your distributors. But is there any kind of like major items like you know census mailings or or that type of thing that we should see any kind of lumpiness and think about over the next say three or four quarters versus last year in in either market?
2: So there was some census. Business in Q3, Q4 last year, but it was not anything like it was in in the prior census years. Um, the the census mailings were cut more than in half. So I mean, it's not as material as it was in, in prior discussions. Um, we're seeing some some good resilience with the distribution channels starting to come back online. Um, it, Right from January forward, they've started to come back more to, to more traditional levels. So that bodes well for, uh, for us. The U.S. economy is clearly gaining steam, which is, is good for us. Um, the only other one out of the um, lumpiness from last year would be the vote-by-mail um, mm-hmm. business that we did. And I think we we disclosed what that was, but it was it was... It was pushing um, high six figures, so in revenue, right. won't, okay. clearly won't be there in 2021. Okay. Uh, and then
3: I know you, your packaging segment, because it's not a really commodity-type packaging; it's very specialized. What does the pipeline look for? And because I'm trying to figure out what the lumpiness is going to look like as far as new. Uh, kind of customers new contracts that type of thing that could come on board can you give us any insight into what the pipeline looks like on that or and if there's anything on the envelope side that would would change
2: yeah so just for clarity about half of our business is sort of traditional regular packaging you know it's um Yeah, you've been through the plant. I mean, it's over-the-counter pharmaceuticals with the major, um, you know, the major brands, major consumer packaged food brands. So that business tends to be pretty stable. Uh, You know, we uh, clearly the health and beauty segment um, took a bit of a hit over the last 12 months, uh, but it was offset by some modest growth in um, on the pharmaceutical side. So. The other part, the part you the the business you're referring to, more the e-commerce uh, business. Um, the lumpiness won't be there, uh, you know, unless you lose a contract. Um, we've made uh, we, we had good growth over the last three quarters, partially as Steven said, because we onboarded a couple of major customers midway through Q one last year. Um, pipeline is really good. The challenge is we don't have any capacity at this time. That's why the VISTA communication graphics, or graphic communication, sorry, um, acquisition was important to us and the capital project put new capacity in the local market in Indianapolis was so important. So we can't, right now we, we can't convert the pipeline because we just haven't had the internal capacity. Uh, the equipment started to arrive this week in Indianapolis. We expect it to be um, fully operational, sort of Q3, um, at which point we can start to turn the dial and convert some of that that pipeline that's that's sort of pent up, if you will. I hope that helps.
3: Yeah, uh, and the and the Vista aspect seems rather interesting as far as giving you extra uh, capacity and ability to grow. And just for I mean was for a, other. Sorry.
2: Right. We didn't really talk about this a lot because um, it happened in the quarter, but you know, it's, a, it's a small acquisition. However, it's got an infrastructure. It's got printing presses in the location for packaging. It's a packaging converter. It doesn't, it doesn't convert e-commerce packaging, but the skills and the equipment are very much in line um, with what we need for the e-commerce business. And by adding another line in there, like we have in, in Toronto and Montreal, adding a line in the local market that's turnkey, that has everything under one roof, uh, we think is critical to you know uh, accelerating the um, the ability to convert customers or convert prospects.
3: Yeah. And and I guess within the same kind of conversation there, as we start looking forward. I'm trying to think of ways that you can or you might accelerate the growth of the packaging segment. Um, and does Vista give you any ideas or capacity to increase kind of the product offering? So maybe another way to ask it: if we look at the the products that you're offering now, which are all about you know the cardboard, folding carton, the paper. Is there anything else that you can sell that would be different from that, but into the same kind of distribution channels to kind of broaden your product offering and, and be more valuable uh, into some of those customers? Or is it really more about tuck-ins and, and very incremental changes to your uh, your products or your solutions?
2: We're, we're at this stage anyway, stead, steadfastly committed to paper. Um, we think it's it's the way to go. It's the, It's the trend in the marketplace as as companies are trying to reduce their packaging and use of plastic in their packaging um, and right-sizing packaging. So we're we're committed to paper. Um, The cross-sell opportunity is is fairly substantial. Um, We have preferred relationships um, with some major players, um, uh, major packaging distribution companies in the US. We happen to have those relationships on the envelope side. Um, but some of our growth in the quarter came from traditional envelope customers that happen to have packaging divisions. So there's a tremendous cross-sell opportunity there. We just have not had the capacity to be able to leverage that, and that's a big part of the e-commerce pipeline. So, um, and, and the same with you know the, the corrugate business, uh, the folding carton business, Vista. What it allows us to do, they run one shift. Uh, they wanted to run one shift. We obviously have the capability and it's our mantra to run three shifts and spread costs out over a more volume so um, I don't see us I don't see us deviating too far in the near future from the um, the product offering that we have today we still think that there's lots of room for, for expansion within existing accounts uh, on a cross-sell basis with the existing products
3: okay. Well, I I mean, I appreciate what you've done with uh, keeping the costs under control and um, and working on the profitability and the efficiency. So I've got to give you a lot of credit for that. Um, But we always want to see more growth on the packaging. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's it for me. Thanks.
4: Thank Thank you, Neil.
1: As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you do have any questions, please press star followed by one on your touchstone phone. And your next question will be from Jack say at Samuel Capital. Please go ahead.
5: Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh are you. Can you uh, comment a little bit more about uh, the uh, packaging uh, margins? In the first quarter, you had, uh, I believe, about 16.9%. Uh, do you see that uh, creeping up to the... Uh, same levels as your uh, envelope margins? What,
2: what's kind of the long term target there? So um, the envelope margins um, are fairly healthy, primarily due to our position in the Canadian envelope market um, and market share, um, scale, scope, um, and competitive profile. Um, Packaging margins have increased steadily as we've done two things: gotten our arms around the operations and, and providing operational support and efficiencies through the integration process, and adding uh, some new equipment. Um, and the other part is, which Neil was referring to, was being being able to grow the sales um, to spread the spread the cost out. Uh, The fixed cost out over more volume. So we we see it continue. there's room to continue to improve them Will they get the envelope? Um, That remains to be seen
5: Right, that's a good cover there Uh, and now in terms of your um, Acquisition uh, pipeline at the moment uh, What what are you seeing out there? Uh, Are you focused? uh, uh, primarily on uh, On the packaging or uh, or are you still kind of open to looking at envelope uh, type acquisitions are there any kind of small tech and acquisition opportunities left there and uh, and also related to that you know what what kind of um, powder do you have left in terms of your uh, uh,
2: liquidity uh, at the moment for uh, for large acquisition so Never is a long time, um, but I don't see us doing another envelope acquisition uh, in the near future. Um, we've been pretty clear that you know, the, the envelope acquisitions in the U.S. were designed solely to give us broader reach for capacity from Canada. Uh, we think our footprint there uh, gives us access to about 60% of a, of a huge market, of which we only have about 5% market share. So there's no need to um, to tuck in another envelope company to give us more reach. It's more about adding the resources, delivering a compelling value proposition, and just executing on on the value proposition. On the packaging side, I mean, we've stated clearly that our objective is to be 50/50. Um, sorry, before I leave envelope, there's really uh, there's really nobody left in Canada that. Um, would make sense for us uh, at all um, we've said clearly we expect or you know, we want to be 50-50 packaging and envelopes in the um, not too distant future the opportunity uh, well we pursued them to add royal envelope last year which kind of made the uh, the Delta a little bit tougher to reach but um, we are going we expect to be able to do the 50-50 uh, split through a combination of organic growth and M&A, um, we're comfortable with our liquidity, uh, particularly as we continue to uh, generate free cash.
5: Okay. So, uh, and, and in terms of your capex uh, for uh, this year, uh, wh- what are we talking about? Uh, is there much uh, left in terms of spending on the Vista acquisition, or is that already a uh,
2: been, uh, budgeted for uh, for the for the current quarter uh the majority of it was committed last year um, this is a long lead time on the equipment um, there's no there's no major capital required or expected to be um, to be utilized in uh twenty twenty one It's more maintenance capital at this time
5: okay so given the uh the cash flow generation capacity are you um, uh looking at uh, reinstating the dividend at some point uh, or is that uh that's still off the table
2: no as as i said in my comments i mean at this stage we're we're committed to we're not through the pandemic yet we're committed to um returning capital to um to shareholders through the ncib and paying down debt All right. thank you all right,
5: thank you.
1: Thank you. And at this time, we have no further questions. I would like to turn the call back to Stuart Emerson.
2: Great, thank you very much for your questions. Uh, in summary, uh, the well being of our employees and servicing our customers at an extremely high level remains our number one priority. We're focused on optimizing operations, particularly on the Envelope platform, and continuing to extract synergies out of the Royal Acquisition. Simultaneously, on the packaging side, we're focusing on optimizing Vista graphic communications and preparing it for new e-commerce capacity while working on the sales side to further grow both folding carton and e-commerce offerings by capitalizing on industry trends. I believe our strong results over the last four quarters in the middle of an unforeseen crisis demonstrate the resiliency and fundamentals of our business model and the benefits of our diversification strategy. We will continue to cautiously allocate capital, prioritizing debt reimbursement, and when when possible, purchasing shares. Our long-term strategy remains the same. Maximize the cash flow generation from envelope operations while further growing our packaging business in Canada and the U.S. Our ultimate goal remains to achieve a 50-50 revenue split between envelope and packaging. This completes my closing results. I look forward to our AGM on May 20th and appreciate you tuning in. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending. And at this time, we do ask that you please disconnect your lines.